Hello and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I am Dude and I've got my friend who's dying to talk to everybody and his name is Andy. Talk, Andy, talk. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Welcome to the show. It's going great. It's uh, summertime, man. Lots of fun stuff happens during the summer. Going on boats, drinking, listening to good music. <laughs> Doing all those together. Yes, usually. Well, you know what? We should probably talk about who we are before we get going on anything, right? Tell tell the folks what the hell this show is about. Well, this is the Album Nerds Podcast, and I'm Andy, the dude, and we love talking about albums. Every week we try and get out some good recommendations, things we've been listening to, and we love uh, hearing what you're listening to. So hit us up on the Twitters, at Album Nerds, and at our website, albumnerds.com. It's Album Nerds with an A. Well said. So, what I was uh, alluding to earlier that's, that's fun in the summer are their holidays. One of them is coming up. It's called Father's Day. You ever hear of that one? Uh, yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with the concept, yeah. <laughs> well, to make sure that I'm clear on what Father's Day is, I looked it up and got a uh, little information from our friends over at Wikipedia, I believe it's called. Father's Day is a celebration honoring fathers and celebrating fatherhood, paternal bonds, and the influence of fathers in society. Uh, apparently, in Europe, it's been celebrated on March 19th since the Middle Ages. Uh, the celebration is brought to Spanish and Portuguese to Latin America, where March 19th is still used. But most of the countries in Europe and the Americas have adopted the U.S. date, which is the third Sunday of June I can't believe it's already the third Sunday of June. June's going way too fast. So uh, I guess it's celebrated all over the world, many parts of the world, not everywhere, but uh, many. And uh, that inspired us at the Album Nerds podcast to talk a little bit about our fathers and music and their influence over us uh, and our love of music and uh, their part in that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But first, why don't we uh, want to exchange some funny stories? What's some fond memories of childhood, like kind of goofy stuff that you listen to that you can uh, tie in with your daddy? Uh, yeah, well, happy Father's Day, man. I'm a stepfather, a grandfather, and technically I'm also a father-in-law. <laughs> so, That's right, yeah. you're a father-in-law, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fathery, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm a and proud uh, here, father yes. of... Uh, I have a, three cats, two yes. adopted, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> two adopted. You gave birth. Did, did your woman give birth to one of them? To two of them, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was before my time, thankfully. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, because you had one cat already. That's right. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. We're both uh, beaming with uh, pride here, and uh, very excited to be honored. <laughs> You guys are like the Brady Bunch with cats, which yeah. is pretty awesome. You... Yeah, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, but uh, I do have one of my first memories of my dad, actually, is uh, a music-related memory. I had, like, one of those little tiny record players that you could put, like, the little floppy records on, you know, like the really thin vinyl strips. You could kind of yep. wave around like a piece of paper. I had the uh, the Jungle Book on soundtrack, or the Jungle Book soundtrack on uh, on vinyl, and I I would put it on my little record player, and me and my dad would like dance around the living room and 
sing along to those songs. They're some of my uh, some of my favorite memories from the the wee days of Andy's lifehood, lifehood of Andy's life. Um, wee days, huh? Yeah, the wee days. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of wee and going on in those days. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're, you're that soundtrack I'm talking about. I, I mean, I'm vaguely familiar with, uh, the existence of that film and I don't think I ever saw it. I remember some of the songs from it. Um, so yeah, but I've never, I listened to this the other day because you mentioned it and, uh, it was a little weird to listen to by myself, yeah. but oh, yeah. <laughs> I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a kid's, uh, soundtrack, but it's goofy and it's fun. Memorable songs. They just uh, remade it in like a digital version of it. I think maybe two years ago or in the summer. Cool. Yeah. But anyways, let's uh, let's just play one of my tracks, one of my favorite tracks off that that record. Um, I want to be like you, which is a good uh, good thing to uh, want to be like your dad. So. Aww. Yeah, dude. Seems that to you, pops. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was was that Louis Prima doing the was that one of the singers there? Oh man, it might him. be. Um I was just remembering in my head like that blue is the character that the bear is singing there, okay. right? Well such it's, a tender memory, you have so many details. <laughs> oh man, I was like four years old. <laughs> but I do remember though that that character, that voice, the guy who did the voice, which which you may be right, um, he did the voice in one of my other favorite childhood films, uh, Robin Hood, another Disney movie. Uh, right, right, right. I'm just making that connection. But uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, that it, was a... Yeah, it said it was Louis Prima and Phil Harris doing the actual vocals, so... Louis Prima, were, okay. Yeah, and Phil Harris may have been the Baloo voice. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. What was he... Was he in a, a band or just a... Oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, he was a, a solo artist, just a gigolo and all that kind of stuff. Uh, very popular, <laughs> I think, in the 60s. So, uh, okay. yeah, Louis Prima and his orchestra, he was uh, he was a thing. Sweet. Cool. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. Best, thing, best Things in Life for Free, I think, was one of his. So, yeah, check him okay. out. Yeah, I think you'd like that that stuff. You should listen to that. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird to hear, uh, hear that character singing uh, about being a gigolo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you got any good uh good memories from your uh childhood there bud yeah well my dad had a background in broadcast journalism and radio and tv and stuff and had been a dj and a news guy and stuff uh in the 70s so he was into broadcast media and he had some interesting stuff in his collection one of those was an lp version of the war of the world's uh, which was a radio teleplay uh, from 1938 that was based on the book The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. This War of the Worlds was Orson Welles, I believe no relation, uh, but Orson Welles went on to you know be a famous director and, and uh, 
you know, Citizen Kane, all that stuff. So, but in 1938, on on uh, Halloween, they staged this radio show on the Mercury Theater on the air. On I think it was on CBS on the Columbia Broadcast Network, and it was basically the story of an alien attack. People are probably familiar with War of the Worlds. The Martians come and attack Earth. There's been many movies based on it. So this was a radio play where you know regular stuff is going on. There's it's like you're listening to the radio. So like oh here's the news. And the weather's great. And then they say, we're going to listen to this orchestra. Then the orchestra comes on. And then an interrupt, a news bulletin, a fake news bulletin interruption. Like, oh, we're under attack, blah, blah, blah. And so it was all about aliens. Apparently, a lot of people listening didn't catch that it was a radio play. And there was this sort of mass hysteria created by people thinking that we were really under attack, not so much by aliens, but by the Germans, because in 1938, that was a big fear. Sure. Now, from what I read, and this is why my dad had it, was because that was a big deal. It had had such a huge impact. It was in all the newspapers that that this radio play had caused this huge controversy, and people were freaking out. From what I've read, they've now kind of said maybe not that many people were listening to it, and maybe this kind of got blown out of proportion by the media and hit the newspapers and made it a bigger thing than it actually was, that it wasn't as big of a, that real people weren't in hysterics. Maybe a couple of people called a radio station. And once it made the newspapers, then everyone's like, oh my God, this phenomenon, I can't believe this happened. So it was a big thing. Uh, I remember in fifth grade, I took this record to school because we were talking about media and stuff. And, and my teacher let us play it in the class. It's like 60 minutes long of the whole tele, uh, whole radio play. And we spent several days listening to parts of it. And uh, so I kind of thought that was cool. It was my dad's record and I got to bring it and play it in the class. And <laughs> so I can, and I always thought that was, that was a fun thing to have. He still has it. I checked with him. He still has that. But yeah, you want to play right. a little bit from that recording you got there? Yeah, I'll just play a little bit where it kind of uh, you get the you get the sense of what they were doing. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. At 20 minutes before 8 Central Time, Professor Farrell of the Mount Jennings Observatory, Chicago, Illinois, reports observing several explosions of incandescent gas occurring at regular intervals on the planet Mars. The spectroscope indicates the gas to be hydrogen and moving toward the Earth with enormous velocity. Professor Pearson of the observatory at Princeton confirms Farrell's observation and describes the phenomenon as, quote, like a jet of blue flame shot from a gun, unquote. We now return you to the music of Ramon Raquello playing for you in the Meridian Room of the Park Plaza Hotel. Yeah, so they go back and forth playing an orchestra like it's a regular radio day. And so that's what confused some people was, hey, here's the orchestra, and then they interrupt with a fake news bulletin and it got weirder and weirder. Orson Welles was one of the people in the in the play, obviously, and uh, you know he was like a scientist and talking about what was going on. But yeah, <laughs> interesting stuff. Before anyone could see, you just had to use your imagination, and sometimes uh, they run wild. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a pretty awesome imagination to pull that off. So yeah, uh, thanks, dads, for fun childhood memories involving. Uh, Music and records and all that kind of stuff. Mine wasn't floppy, so I didn't get to flip it around like you did. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure it was still fun. Yeah. Yep. Very fun. Yeah. So those are some goofy, fun records and some good memories for sure. Um, I know we both had some more like influential records that we wanted to to toss out there that our dads introduced us to. 
I know they're, they're both uh, fairly popular records from fairly well-known bands, but I think we can uh, maybe pick into some of the more interesting details about them. Why don't you go first, since I was just yappy, yappy, yapping about Orson Welles, and uh, tell the folks what what uh, rock and roll record did your dad get you into as a as a youngster? Yeah, so we listened to a lot of Greatest Hits records on uh, cassette tape in my dad's uh, pickup truck. He had like a, let's say, 1988 Ford Ranger pickup truck which was like uh size of uh i was taller than it when we got rid of it let's just give you a perspective on how small trucks were back in the late 80s nowadays like they tower over you yeah <laughs> it was like it's like nothing but uh yeah anyway i remember driving around this pickup truck quite a bit listening to old cassette tapes and he had uh, a pretty good selection in the glove box but the one we listened to most by far was ZZ Top. And they put out a pretty damn good uh, Grace Hits record in 1992. There's like 18 tracks on it. Most of them are pretty awesome. There's a few that are questionable, for sure, but uh, for the most part, it's it's pretty golden all the way through. Um, why don't we play one of those cuts? Uh, just give you a little background on... Well, actually, let's play the track. Uh, track 7, My Head's in Mississippi. Be honest, did you like that because he says naked lady? Oh, it's kind of funny, right? Because so my dad, he's like <laughs> blasting this in the track, right? And he starts singing along. I don't know if he actually knew all the words or not at the time. So he gets to that sound about naked girl. And he just gives me a look like, whoa, maybe I shouldn't be turning this down a little bit or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's this song really about? But he just kept going with it. And we, we had fun. And yeah, we listened, listened to that record all the damn time. Kind of got drilled into me. Yes, well, nothing better than a naked lady to drill something into a young man. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's right, that's right. But yeah, that the swagger and bravado on those tracks and the way they deliver the lyrics and distortion on the guitar there is just uh it's hard to match. There's not a lot of not a lot of sound like the ZZ Top. Um I was lucky enough to see them in concert a couple of years ago with my dad actually. It kind of twisted his arm into going with me. Uh and they played up in uh, Rochester here and Super fun show. They played, they had a new record out, so they played like almost uh, the entire record for the first maybe 30, 40 minutes. And it was okay. They still, still played pretty well as a group and pretty good energy for being up there in the years now. But then in the uh, second half of the show, in the encore, they just played all the hits back to back. And they brought out the fuzzy guitars and they were spinning them around and doing all the, the hoopla you would expect for a ZZ Top show. And, that was pretty awesome. We had a we had a good time and 
Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd never listened to this Greatest Hits collection before. 72 minutes, 18 tracks. <laughs> yeah. Now, the interesting thing is these guys have been around, I think, since like the very late 60s, early 70s, and they had a bunch of records before. So I guess this one, these songs are originate from 19... There were only... Let's see. Duh, 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 only four of the 18 songs originated from 1979 to 1981 with no original track recordings from the first five albums that were made before 1979. So this covers the really the 80s ZZ Top with the exception of, like I said, like Tush is on here, which is an older song. But it's got Give Me All Your Lovin', Sharp Dressed Man, My Head's in Mississippi with the Naked uh, Girl there. Tube Snake Boogie, which was like yowza, and uh, (laughs) legs, cheap sunglasses, I mean, tons and tons. Uh, They made two new songs for this album. One was a cover of Viva Las Vegas, the Elvis song. Yeah. It, I'm sorry, ZZ Top, and I'm sorry any ZZ Top fans out there or Viva Las Vegas fans, but it's... stinks (laughs) stinks <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> oh it is terrible listening back to it I was like whoa what happened here but uh, and uh, it it charted it charted it made the mainstream uh position 16 on the mainstream rock tracks in 1992 so wow. uh, i guess there were people who enjoyed it i just it was it's so dated sounding i think that's part of the problem for me and i'd never heard it before so it just really threw me off i'm like what was this from a movie yeah, yeah, it's got like a lot of synthesizers and electronics yeah. right in it, right? It's yeah, it's it stands out from the rest of the record for sure. But all in all, I mean that's a that's fun and and you know that's a kind of those are the things that you do with your dad or your parent and uh, or your mom. We didn't do a Mother's Day thing. Sorry, we thought of this after it was too late. Next year, ladies, <laughs> listen to records with your dad. That can make you a music fan and uh, i think that sounds like that was the case for you oh yeah totally that was a that was a good good memories from childhood and you know those little things like that they definitely do uh, play a big part later in life so appreciate it dad thanks for introducing me to some good blues rock in my younger years this also made me go back and listen to some of their early their 70s records there's some good stuff back there so i'm gonna be digging into zz top so thank you andy's dad <laughs> Yeah. Or uh, taking me on this journey, I feel like I was in the laying in the truck bed of that ranger <laughs> while, while, you, <laughs> while you guys were uh, up in the cab enjoying the music. Yeah, playing air guitar in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was yeah, CZ Top, um, Greatest Hits. I mean, yeah, the catalog is is pretty good, especially in the the mid to late '80s. There, they had a pretty good run. But I did want to offer to my dad and anybody else just a recommendation kind of based on the sound that ZZ Top uh, pioneered back then. A little more modern ar- artist, uh, Gary Clark Jr. He's playing some pretty uh, fuzzy blues guitar as well. Um, he put out in 2014 a record that we both, I know we both really enjoyed, uh, a live record from one of his shows, just called Gary Clark Jr. Live. He plays a bunch of like blues standards but as well as uh, some of his original music uh it's super good so maybe check out that one from uh, 2014 gary clark jr live want to play a track from that oh yeah why don't we play uh track eight uh numb
I actually forgot about that record. I wish I hadn't. Oh, that's a really good one. I still come back to it from time to time. Not quite the swagger of ZZ Top. I mean, who really can match them on swagger? But definitely the same soul. Well, he's not spinning his guitar, but uh, yeah, he's one of those guys where, for me, the studio albums have never yeah right connected never sh- with me. Yeah. But you can tell he has it in him. I mean, these, these yeah. live performances are awesome. Awesome. They're awesome. They are great. It's like, this is the guy I want to listen to, and his studio albums have been like 50% cool and 50% I'm not into it. And <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but live, yeah, he's awesome. So that's a good recommendation for, for your papa. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's, let's move over to you, buddy. What do you? Uh, what your dad introduce you to? Lots of stuff, uh, including that Taj Mahal record we talked about several uh, shows ago. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of stuff. Rolling Stones, The Doors, Love and Spoonful. I mean, the guy had a pretty good collection, a good quality record player, and we listened to music all weekend long pretty much playing records, so a lot of stuff. One that particularly sticks in my mind, though, because I have some good stories about it, and this is you know kind of on the nose, The Beatles. The Beatles is the name of the album as well. That's known as the White Album, the double disc, 30 song, giant 1968 release by the Beatles that uh, was kind of the beginning of the end for them. They had a lot of infighting going on during that time. Yoko Ono started hanging around the scene, but everyone knows the songs from that. I mean, you got Revolution, you've got Back in the USSR, Dear Prudence, Glass Onion, I mean, Obla Di Obla Da. While my guitar gently weeps. I mean, it goes on and on. By the way, my while my guitar gently weeps, Eric Clapton's on there. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> he keeps popping up. <laughs> yes, he does. Happiness is a warm gun. I mean, it's just, I mean, you could name a few songs I haven't named. I'm not going to name all 30. Huge record. Very different songs. I mean, it's all over the place. Some of the Paul McCartney compositions are slow little acoustic or piano numbers, and then there's hard rock songs like Helter Skelter. But it was like, for me, the fun part was the album art. It had a big poster that came in it that had all the lyrics and pictures of the Beatles, and then there were four photos, one of each Beatle. And my dad had tape on the back of them because he had put them up in his apartment when he was like 20 years old. So I loved looking at those. I remember being in the backseat of the car. He never let me play with record stuff like this, but I was in the backseat of the car and I was just holding the pictures up against the window, looking at them through the sun and uh, hmm. just being fascinated with it. And hmm. I, I, So I just have really good memories of that album. It's always been my f- favorite Beatles album. As I matured, I kind of got into Abbey Road as well and Sgt. Pepper and everything, but the White Album was always my favorite. Part of it, you know, the Rocky Raccoon is like a, it's like a country song, kind of, but for me, I liked it as a kid. It was about an animal, you know? Just like your Jungle Book thing. You, you connect with stupid kid stuff, even though it's not really meant for that, but you're like, oh, raccoon. Awesome. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So, so uh, yeah. One of my very favorite memories, though, in the it was probably early '80s, maybe 1980. Uh, we had some neighbors across the street one summer, hot summer. Everyone just had their doors open. You just had a screen door. This was in the Midwest, and uh, they were blasting some heavy metal music. And my dad ha- happened to recognize the song. Uh, it was a cover of one of his favorite songs. So I'm going to play a little bit of what the neighbors were blasting. This is "Helter Skelter" <laughs> by Motley Crue. Help 
Okay. My dad took great offense to that. So he took, and this is not like my dad, he took our speakers. He had big uh, Scott speakers. He turned them towards the screen door, and he put on, (laughs) he got out the White Album, and he put on this. And that is like a Beatles heavy metal song. So he blasted that and they turned their music down. So oh, it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> so, so that's one of the reasons I've always loved. It just seemed so cool at the time that we out rocked the metal kids across the street. So fond memories. So that's one of the reasons I love this album. And uh, it definitely that that kind of stuff is what made me love music and be fascinated with records and all their songs. Oh, uh, that's an awesome story, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, and I don't love this record as a whole. But there are some really good songs on here. I just kept playing uh, "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" over and over again. It's such a a beautiful song. Especially, I don't know, I like the first disc a little bit better in general. Did it come on like four plates, or how did you? Uh, yeah, how did you interface with it? Yeah, well, it's a four, yeah, it's four, it's it's two records, four sides. Uh, I've got the CD also, which is two two discs. They're both two about discs. forty forty two minutes long. Um, yeah. Streaming options are limited. Depends on what you've got. I don't know how the Beatles work. I I uploaded all my Beatles stuff directly to the the Google cloud for my Google play music. So I don't know what's available out there, but yeah, I, I recommend if you can find it on vinyl, if you have a record player, that's the most fun way to listen to it. My printing is not my dad's printing. I got mine from a friend's mom who's getting rid of her records. It's a 1979 pressing. So it's a reissue. I don't have, and it's not in great shape. It doesn't, it plays a little scratchy, but it's still fun to listen to it on vinyl. Um, I have one other memory about this record. So uh, back when I was in college, uh, started getting really into, well, but a little before college too, but really into um, grunge and all that stuff. And I'd try and play stuff for my dad like, hey, this is pretty cool, right? And he'd be like, oh, you know, and, and no matter what I played, I'd always end up starting it on a part where they said the F word or said something <laughs> rude. And, uh, you know, I'd be like, ah, oh, shoot. And at the time, my dad told me that he was... Uh, when he got the White Album, he was probably 20 or something, and he wanted to play it for, you know, he was telling his mom about it, and like, oh, there's really nice songs on here. He's trying to play I Will, which is a really nice Paul McCartney uh, acoustic guitar sort of la-la-la song, and he accidentally played Why Don't We Do It in the Road. He dropped the needle on the wrong, and his, his, his mom was like, he's like, oh, wrong one. She's like, no, let's leave it here, and, you know. It's just, why don't we do it in the road over and over again? And I guess they they wrote most of this album when they were uh, visiting the Maharishi in India. They were into that whole, you know, that whole uh, scene at the time. And they wrote a lot of the record then. That song was inspired by Paul McCartney seeing a couple of monkeys out on a a road actually uh, humping. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what I read. So anyway... (laughs) Three three decent stories about that one record. So thirty songs, you know. There's got to be some stories. So thank you, Dad. And uh, I've got a recommendation. 
This is uh, a record I really like from 2010. And the band is, is called Fistful of Mercy. The album is called As I Call You Down. The band members are some well-known people. Um, Joseph Arthur is a fairly well-known uh, kind of folk rock singer guy. Uh, ben Harper, I think he's very well-known, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s. And Danny Harrison, son of uh, George Harrison from the Beatles. They have not recorded anything since this 2010 release. Supposedly, they were going to have something come out in 2016, but I haven't seen it. It's a really fun record to listen to. I have always enjoyed it, and I'm going to play one more track, then we will uh, move on. So here we go. This one's called Father's Son. And uh, Danny Harrison sounds a lot like George Harrison in some parts of it, but they share the vocal duties, so they mix it up. It's a fun album to listen to, and I think Papa Dude will uh, like this one quite a bit. So, and hopefully, <laughs> yeah. people out there, you know, check these out, listeners. Check these out. Yeah, I just second the recommendation on that one. That's a fun record. Make me want to go back and listen to it. Just hearing that little sample. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, thank you, dads. Got a couple of good records there. The Beatles, White Album, and ZZ Top's Greatest Hits. Obviously, can't go wrong with those two. And uh, our recommendations were Gary Clark Jr. Live and Fistful of Mercy as I Call You Down. Oh, that's right. Shall we move on? Yeah, man. Let's do some propas. So nice, so nice. Yeah. I love that. I love that beat. <laughs> for, for anybody that has listened to the show before, there used to be a lovely robot lady voice that would announce that we were giving propers, but uh, that was heavily vetoed week after week, month after month, by uh, our friend Andy. And eventually, I had to. We had to submit. So listen to last week's show if you want to hear what happened between Andy and the robot lady. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty epic, but I'm glad I, <laughs> glad I triumphed over the robot. Yes. <laughs> you did, you did. Uh, All right, man. So, right. Uh, what, what do you, 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 what do you like? Yeah, we got a couple things that our, our dads have uh, recommended to us, and we wanted to pass along to you, the listening audience. Um, my dad, in addition to being a music fan and just a general good guy. He's also into his tech stuff, which is probably where I get it from. He's real big into uh, home automation and uh, kind of setting up his smart home. So he's uh, he's on board with the, uh, the Samsung SmartThings line of products. You, you ever heard of those? The what now? SmartThings. It's uh, from Samsung. It's like, a, you know, lighting and no. security, all that type of stuff. It's kind of rolled into one little package. There's like a little uh, home hub you, you buy and hook up to your network and then all your devices talk to that. It's pretty cool. Wow. It's like a, yeah, it's nice. He controls all his lights and his security system uh, through it. And he was able to give me access to it pretty easily, you know, just through an app. 
So if they're out of the house, I can, you know, keep keep check on things for them. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different options out there now, but this is one of the first ones on the market, and uh, it's still, uh, still got a pretty good user base and still updated regularly, so uh, not a bad way to go if you're looking to uh, automate your, your home, make it a little bit smarter. Might want to check out uh, Samsung's Smart Things. That's one smart dad. I never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of Nest and some like discount, you know, just various things. I didn't know there was a hub kind of a thing. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good way to connect all those various things together. Nice. Um, all right. So my dad, the recommendation I'm going to give, and this is a little weird because these were more popular in the in the past, but there was a thing called Heath Kits that my dad did. Uh, basically, you bought a kit to build some technology. So in the 70s, not many people had they had alarm clocks and radio alarms, but they had those flippy numbers. They didn't have digital readouts. So my dad built the first digital clock we had in our house. It was a clock radio, AM, FM, stereo by Heathkit. And it you know had a wooden, it looked like a wooden box on the outside. And he built it. You had to put every little diode on the circuit board, all of it, every piece the to make the display work and all that stuff. And with it came some tools, uh, soldering iron, that kind of stuff. Heathkit's still around. Um, I, they've come and gone. They went into bankruptcy. They come back, but uh, they still, do still have a live website. And uh, it's worth checking out if you're into trying to build electronics. It's kind of historical, kind of cool. Uh, and what I loved about it was when I got a little older, uh, he still had the, the tools from the Heathkit, so like a soldering iron. I used that tons of times to take apart radios and take apart tape players and take long speakers and wire them into my boom box and all sorts of crazy stuff. But mostly just cause I felt like it was something that could be done. Cause I saw my dad do it. So, uh, Heath kits, very interesting, even just for the history. So I, I recommend checking those out for any electronic hobbyists who, uh, want to get into the nitty gritty of building something. Yeah, man. It's such a good thing for a, for a dad to just kind of introduce their son to, uh, you know, like you said, taking apart something or building something or just giving that idea that, oh, yeah, you can do this yourself. You don't have to just buy it at the store. It's a valuable uh, valuable lesson for any kid out there. So sounds cool, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just want to throw in, sounds like we're pretty lucky dudes. We both had dads that uh, hooked us up with some good stuff and are, were around in our lives. So uh, thank you, dads. Yeah, thank you very much, man. We were both pretty lucky in that regard. So I guess that's it, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, happy Father's Day. And uh, that's all I got, man. You got anything else? No, I just wanted to thank everybody for listening to the show. Thank all the dads out there for being dads. Check out the music we're talking about. Check us out on albumnerds.com. That's Album Nerds with an A. You'll find our podcasts. You'll find our playlists. Uh, containing the songs and albums that we're talking about. And uh, I believe there are some other ways that they can get to us, Andy. Why don't you tell them about it? Yeah, hook us up on uh, the Twitter and Symbol Music Discovery app at Album Nerds. And check us out on iTunes and Google Play Music and Stitcher Radio as well for the podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week with some, uh, some new music, some recent releases to talk about as well as some other fun stuff, as always, from your two favorite album nerds here. Oh, very, that was very well put. Yeah, we. I am excited about next week. We've got some fun new albums to talk about. Very excited about my pick in particular. You know I've been wanting to talk about this for weeks, so. Yes. 
violent. Come back, everybody. It's good stuff, I promise. Uh, yeah, so thank you very much again for listening. AlbumNerds.com. I've said it all before, and I'll say it again. Check us out. Have a great weekend, and bye-bye. See ya.